Hey, good morning, church family. It is so good to be with you. And if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. My name's Steve. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, thanks for jumping in. Now, if you are new, it's probably going to feel like you walked in halfway through a movie. So I want to get you up to speed and put all of us on the same page. We are a couple weeks into a series called In This Together, The Strength of Community. Now, this isn't a series on COVID-19 because you're probably just as sick as I am of hearing and talking about it constantly. But we do have to acknowledge the fact that it has changed um, basically everything that we're doing. And so as a church, as a community, we're coming together and we're asking this question, how do we grow together when we can't meet together? See, we want to grow in our love and devotion to Christ and also our love for each other. But how do we do that when we can't come together? It's an interesting question. And so uh, what we've been talking about really for the first week was this. We put our small groups online. And we said everybody needs to be in a community and we can meet together online. We're not there physically, but um, we're there in every other aspect of it. So we met online. And then week two, we talked about this. We talked about sharing our story. See, Jesus has done something in everybody's life, or at least those that call him a follower of Jesus. And we've got the greatest story ever told. And And so we said, as a community, we are going to be people that share the story, that share the good news of Jesus and the life transformation. We also decided this in week three, that we would be a community that serves, not just Christians serving Christians, which is great, but Christians serving the community, those outside our church walls, if you will. And in any relationship and in any community, there's bound to be a little bit of disagreement, isn't there? And so last week, Pastor Kurt talked to us how we can be unified together in our love and devotion to Christ, but we can also have differing opinions. And like you, I spent some time on the internet, on social media, and I've seen a lot of people posting politically what we should do, right? Some are saying we should do this, and other people are saying, no, we should, we should do this. And yet, we can still come together and be unified And not let that divide us. And we can be together in unity and devotion to Christ. And so that's kind of getting everybody up to speed. And rather than uh, tell you a story about my life and introduce the the topic for this morning's conversation, I asked Pastor Joel to put together a song for us. And so I want you to check out this video because it perfectly sets up this morning's conversation. Check it out. honest, raise your hand. How many of you, when you heard the song, you did the claps? Uh, there's a handful of us here and, and we played along as well. Any, anytime I hear that song, I can't help it. I just, 
I got to do the claps. It's just, it's, I don't know. It just does something inside of me. I love it. Now, here's the deal. That song's really important because it sets up our conversation. See, in any relationship, whether it's uh, a boyfriend-girlfriend thing from back in high school or you're married or it's a friendship um, or a dynamics in the family, in every single one of those relationships, we want that song to resonate. We want that to be true. We want people that will be there for us regardless of what life throws our way. Whether it is a curveball such as COVID-19 or there's a breakup like we've all experienced in those junior high, high school relationships. Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, some really, really bad news or something hit and it devastated us. It rocked our world. We want people that are there for us. Now, I've lived long enough and you've lived long enough as well to know that that's a great song. But that's not always the case when it comes to our relationships, is it? See, whether it's intentional or unintentional, sometimes even accidentally, we get hurt. And then every once in a while, people will do things on purpose. And it'll hurt us. It'll scar us. It'll kind of mess with us. Now, if you've grown up in the church, you are programmed and you know the right response. Anytime someone hurts you, whether it's physically, emotionally, or whatever the case, in any relationship, if you get hurt, the loving thing, the Christ-like thing to do, the right thing to do, is to forgive the person. Now, there's levels to this, right? Because uh, some things are easier to forgive than others. So if, if you cut me off on the freeway, um, I, you know, I'll be upset, but I can forgive you pretty quickly. That doesn't take long. Or even last night, right? We had a wonderful dinner and I was going to have leftovers for lunch. Come to find out that my wife had those for breakfast. She beat me to them. I can forgive her for that, but that's going to take a little bit of time. Or even uh, you may have had this experience. You're at Costco and you're trying to buy that last piece of toilet paper and then someone beats you to it. And they've purchased it, and you're without, to, uh, without toilet paper. What are you going to do? You can get frustrated and get angry, or you can decide to forgive them. In my opinion, that's the little stuff. That's the easy stuff. But what about the difficult things? What about those things in life that, well, they leave their mark on us. They hurt us. They're, there's a wound there that's left. These are, these are the big things, the deep things, the profound things. See, what... Maybe it's the spouse that's hurt you. You've been betrayed and you've never fully recovered. Maybe you had a business partner and you're trusting each other along the way and the money is going really, really well. And then you start digging through the records and you find that the business partner has been stealing money from the company. How, How do you recover from that? Maybe it's a family secret and that gets brought into the open into the light and it gets shared and now there's shame associated with your last name how do you and i deal with that maybe maybe it's it's abuse maybe it's a a limiting belief that someone in authority over you has placed on you and it has stamped you it has left its mark on your identity see those things take longer to forgive don't they and i don't i don't know where you go in forgiveness but i tend i tend to wrestle with it. i tend to struggle with it because well, it's difficult because because of this. It feels like when we forgive someone, we're doing them a favor. Are you with me? It feels like when we just let it go, when we forgive them and say, hey, we're okay, I forgive you, it feels like we're doing them a favor. Because the relationship was good, things were steady, things were great, an event happened, some sort of offense was made, you're hurt or I'm hurt, and the person that hurt us, they keep on living their life. And some of the time, they don't even know that they hurt us. But here we are, we're wounded, we're broken, and we're trying to pick up the pieces and put things back together, and we have to go out and forgive them. 
Have you ever had one of those embarrassing conversations where you talk to the person who hurt you and you said, hey, I just want to let you know I forgive you for A, B, C, and D. And they look at you like, what are you talking about? I had no idea. And if you're like me, immediately you retreat into the dark corners of your mind and you go, oh, you fool, you sound so stupid. Oh, I can't believe you're so embarrassed now. Really think of something quick to say that I'll distract and have a, a different conversation. And, and, and it's, it's difficult. Others of, of us, we have a hard time forgiving because, well, there, there's no sense of justice, is there? You did something wrong, there should be a consequence. And, and what, what Jesus is going to teach us and what Christians have believed and practiced for thousands of years is that someone does something wrong to us, we forgive them, we bless them. <laughs> Where's the justice? We just, we let that go. And some of us, we've even prayed for revenge, right? It doesn't even have to be associated with the actual event that the person did, right? We just pray, dear Lord, when they, when they wake up in the morning and they drive to work, I pray that their tires would be slashed, right? It wasn't you. It was maybe it was some kid in the neighborhood or wherever it was, right? But something happened to them or they ran out of gas on the road and you're just like, yes, Jesus is so good, you know, as if the good Lord himself came down from heaven and slashed the tires or siphoned all the gas. But whatever it is, like you feel good about it because they hurt you and then something happened to them to cause them pain as well and now we're on the same level and that feels really really good some of us we can't forgive each other without having well without having the internal dialogue and this is my go-to when someone hurts me what i do is i rehearse the speech you know the speech that if you bump into each other uh what are you going to say how are you going to say it and i gotta let you know for me um i i always have other people you know, they're around, they're not in our business, but they're around. And as we start having the conversation, I start pleading the case of why this person is wrong and how dare they, and I can't believe they did this and they should have never and blah, 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 blah. And these people on the outside, they start leaning in and all of a sudden I've persuaded them to be on my side as well. And they're looking at the person that hurt me and they go, I can't believe he would do that. I can't believe she would say such a thing. That's horrible. How could that person ever do something like that? And then the story ends, at least the way I rehearse it in my brain, with the person down on their knees begging for my forgiveness. And because there's an audience of people around, I let them know because I'm so righteous and so pure and good that I forgive you, but don't ever do it again. But if you do, because I'm so much better than you, I'll forgive you again and again and again. And then the crowd cheers and they applaud and they, they chant my name and yay, Steve. And the other person, they just slide away out into the distance. That's my go-to. Yours may be the revenge thing. I don't really know. Other people, I think some of us too, we, we run to friends and we, we try to share with them what's going on and share is a nice friendly word for, uh, for gossip <laughs> because we have no intention of actually doing with, doing something with the offense or with what actually hurts us and was, is weighing us down. All we want to do is just unload or vent on somebody. And so we get our best friend who usually agrees with us and you say, Hey, I, I got to vent. I got to talk to you. And so we start the conversation and we just pile it on and we share everything and the nitty gritty details. And before we know it, our friend that we're giving all this information to, they're now on our side as well, aren't they? They go, yeah, that is a horrible thing that that person did to you. Shame on them. And then what they do, they go, oh, I'm going to go my, go tell my friend because they've got a close relationship with that person. And I want them to be careful so that person doesn't hurt them like they hurt you. And what we've effectively done is we have just spread gossip everywhere. The last way some of us deal with it, um, this one's not very effective, but I learned this at a very young age. I'm not sure where I picked it up. Um, it might have been church. It could have been school or one of those kindergarten things. I don't know. But 
the idea was that you were supposed to forgive and forget what happened. And it sounds really, really good. And I can remember growing up trying to forgive people and forget it. And I'm like, okay, don't think about what they did. Don't think about what they did. Don't think about what they did. And what am I doing? I'm constantly thinking and reinforcing the action that they did. And it never worked for me. And as, I, as I'm growing up and as I'm learning, I'm realizing this is a really foolish idea. So I'll give you an example of why, why this is, is dangerous. Um, say someone comes to me and they ask for 100 bucks and they promise to pay it back. I go, okay, cool. Here's $100. You can pay me back. They never do. They come back and they say, hey, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? Sure, no problem. I forgive them. And I forget. And then they come back and they go, hey, can I have 100 bucks? I'll pay you back. Sure, no problem. Give them 100 bucks. They never pay it back. They come back again, right? Because I keep forgiving and forgetting. They ask for more money. Sure, you can have it. Because after all, I forgive you and I forget that you've already taken $500 from me and you have no intention of paying it back. What we've done there is we have just set up a codependent relationship. This is dangerous. This is foolish. And you would never do this with your money. Now, it's just an example on money. Okay, so hear me out. It's just a simple example on money. But we do this in every aspect of our relationships, don't we? There are multiple, multiple instances in our lives where we give people things and they promise to do something with it and they don't. And we keep giving and we keep giving and we keep enabling people. And it hurts us. And this isn't new to you. This isn't new to me. This is something that I think we all struggle with and we all handle and we all handle it in different ways. But the bottom line is this. Everybody struggles with forgiveness. Every single person does because it hurts. And this is a process. You can't just wave a magic wand and poof, it goes away. No, forgiveness and the wounds, that takes some time to sort all that stuff out. And this is not a current issue. This, this has been happening since the beginning of time. In fact, we're going to read a story in a minute in the scriptures. In the first century, Jesus is standing with his group of friends, his, his disciples, and he's telling people what it means to love the heavenly father and what it is to love your neighbor and how we should go about doing these things. And no doubt he's just finished up a conversation about forgiveness. And there's a guy named Peter and he's got a question. It's burning inside of him. Something Jesus said must be resonating in his soul. And Peter has a question and it's a question that I've asked that you've probably asked. And the question is this, how many times should I forgive this person? Even if they don't stop, should I continue to forgive them? Or is there a cutoff period where finally after, you know, 12 times, I don't have to forgive you anymore. What does it look like? How do I actually do this? And I think it's a fair question because after all, um, you've probably been in this situation and I have too. You've forgiven someone and yet they've done it again. And it could be a small thing or it could be a really, really big thing. I could give you a million examples, but I think we've all found ourselves in this situation where it feels a little bit like deja vu, doesn't it? Where we've just had this conversation and yet we're having it again. And I'm choosing to forgive and nothing is changing. Nothing's changing between our relationship and nothing is changing inside, emotionally, mentally. There's no change. So what is the point? Is there ever a point in time where we can stop the forgiveness and just write people off and say, you know what? We're done. It's a fair question, and we're going to dive into it because I think what Jesus has to share with us this morning is incredibly powerful. So if you have a Bible, go to the book of Matthew. It'll be Matthew chapter 18. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament, the gospel of Matthew, Matthew's gospel. Chapter 18, and we'll pick it up in verse 21. It says this. 
Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, seven's a great number because that's a lot of times that you forgive somebody. And it's one of those good, like, Bible numbers. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's some weight to it. So Peter thinks he, he's on the same level as Jesus. And here's how Jesus answers. He says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Now, you may have a different translation of the scriptures, and it would be 70 times seven. But the number is not significant. The point is a whole lot. Jesus is saying, not seven times. You need to forgive a whole bunch. A big number of times. Let's keep going. Verse 23. And Jesus does what Jesus always does in the scriptures. Someone will ask him a very specific question, a yes or no answer, or just give me the number of how often I'm supposed to forgive. And Jesus goes off and he starts telling a story. So we'll pick it up. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. 10,000 bags of gold, it, that's a lifetime of income. There's, it's so much money. Verse 25, since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. There's no way. There's no way he could possibly pay it back. The debt was so big. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. That's not even a bag of gold. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And this guy definitely could have. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. See, he said the same thing. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the, other, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that, would, that had happened. And of course they were outraged. This is exactly what you and I would do. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Now, this next verse is one that I wish I could erase from the scriptures because it is difficult. And here's how Jesus ends the story. He wraps it up. Verse 35. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. It's a challenging verse. But see, Jesus knew something about forgiveness that we don't really understand. And the thing is this, if you have distractions around your house, try, try and settle down the children. This is the one thing I want you to take away from this message, okay? You can tune me out. Maybe you already have. You can continue to. But this is the big idea. I want you to write this down in your notes or wherever it is. Sear it into your mind. This is the big idea. This is what Jesus knows about forgiveness that you and I, we don't always know. It's this. If you really, if you want to really live, you must fully forgive. If you want to really live, you must fully forgive. And I worked really hard to make it rhyme. I'm, I'm proud of myself for that. I think it sticks out. I think it's that, that much better when it rhymes. But it's true because when you and I, when we don't forgive, it's, we're holding on to something and we just bury it down deep. We try to suppress it, pretend like it's not there. We try to even get over it which there's no such thing as getting over it. It's just, it's still there. It doesn't disappear. We just become numb to it. But the wound is still there. 
See, forgiveness is so important that, to Jesus that he says this. There's two things I take away from that story. The first one is this. He commands us to do it. Always. It's not a suggestion. It's a command to do it. All the time. And no matter the offense. It doesn't matter what the person did. He said, you have to forgive and you have to forgive always and keep on keeping on with the forgiveness. And the second thing is this, and this relates to the verse that I wanted to erase from scripture. It's this, if we don't do it, if we don't do it, Jesus is going to come after us until we do. It's that important. And Jesus knows if we really want to live, if we want to get the most out of life, if we want to walk in peace and grace and mercy and in love, We have to fully forgive. Not just say, oh, it's no big deal and get over it, but harbor bitterness and resentment inside of us. No, 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 no. We have to fully forgive. See, work with me for a moment. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for the sins of humanity and he died for all the sins of humanity. He did not pick or choose the specific ones. No, 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 no. See, the love of God is unconditional. If he, if he were to cherry pick which ones he wanted to forgive and which ones he wanted us to experience justice or some sort of punishment from, that's not unconditional love. And what you and I do, if we're not careful, is we will look at people and what they've done to us and we will justify our actions as to why we don't need to go and forgive them. And your heavenly father, who loves you so much, is encouraging, is motivating, is commanding us to forgive. Because when we don't, it it weighs on us. It wears us down. And we do not walk in the abundance of life that Jesus came to show us how to live in. It's it's like this. Let let me explain it this way. Um, It's like a rock. And so I got, I got my backpack here and it, it doesn't matter what the hurt is. It could be anything, right? It just relationally, you decide what it is. I wrote down a couple words here. Um, and we'll start with this one. We'll start with, with gossip. So maybe someone was talking poorly about you and airing out your dirty laundry and sharing it with somebody. And so what we do when we don't forgive is we put it in our backpack and it's, it's not that heavy. Honestly, it's one rock. It's not that big of a deal and you're strong. You work out, right? So you can carry one rock. Not that big of a deal. Maybe maybe this next one, theft. Maybe someone stole something from you or, or you were, were robbed. Maybe someone actually took your finances and robbed you that way. Or maybe it was an experience or something from your childhood. But either way, something was stolen from you. It was robbed from you and you haven't forgiven. And so what you do and what I do is we stuff it way down in the bottom of our backpack. And again, two rocks, not that big of a deal, right? The next one is addiction. Maybe your life will never be the same because of someone else's addiction. Maybe your marriage split because of that. Maybe you had a father who was addicted to something. And you didn't get the life that you felt you deserved or that you should have or quite frankly that every kid should have growing up. And the addiction has scarred you and you haven't been able to forgive. Well, now we got three rocks in here and there's a little bit of weight. The next one is this. Maybe it's adultery. Maybe it's it's the marriage. The marriage was falling apart and... Well, it had been dead for a long time and this just sealed the deal and you've never been able to forgive. And so you carry that around. And the last one is deception. And I think you, you can fill in the blank with this one. You've got an example. I know you do. We all do. And what we do is we put the rocks in our backpack 
And what we do is we carry this thing around. And again, for a year, two years, it's not that big of a deal. And wherever we go, we walk and we've got our backpack and we have our wounds and it weighs on us until we have a bad day. And we have a really bad day and we go to our friend who agrees with us. And what we can do if we're not careful is we can hand them the load, the backpack full of rocks. And they're going to do something that's very biblical. They're going to bear our burden, which is a beautiful thing. But the idea in bearing one another's burdens is that we help them actually do something with it. But what we tend to do, what I think Americans tend to do, is we tend to unload on somebody. They hold the backpack for a while, and then we go, well, this is my mess, so I'm going to pick it back up because it's becoming a part of me. It's who I am. It feels weird to walk without carrying this. And so we walk with it. And what we've done is we have just worn this person out by making them hold on to all of our wounds and hurts. And then we pick it back up. And it wears on us and it weighs us down. And what forgiveness does, and this is what Jesus is commanding us to do and why he's commanding us to do it. Forgiveness is simply saying, Jesus, I'm going to take this out, the theft, what was robbed from me, and I forgive that person. And I put it back. And the gossip, I'm going to put that back. And the deception, I'm going to put that back. I'm no longer going to carry this. I'm going to forgive that person who did this. The adultery, yeah, it happened. It left a mark. But I choose to forgive that person. And the addiction, I'm choosing to forgive as well. And our backpack becomes light again. When you and I, when we walk, there's a different posture. There's a different flow. We feel like we're in the presence of God. We're not carrying these heavy, heavy burdens with us. And this is why it's so important to Jesus that you and I, that we learn to forgive everyone always. Because it will not lead us to the life that Jesus has created for us. So what I want to do to wrap up our conversation this morning is I want to run you through a self-assessment of sorts. It's a little exercise to help you and I pinpoint who we need to forgive and for what offense. So I'm going to invite the band to come up. They're going to play some music underneath. And I I want you as best you can to settle in for a moment, to to get a clear mind, to think soberly, to try and... Put away all the distractions if, if you can at home with kids running around and all that. But I want to walk us through something. So there's three areas that I think we need to go and forgive. And all of these have impacted me and I know that they've impacted you. It's, this is part of the human condition. We're all hurt in these three areas. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment and just listen and think and ask Jesus to stir something up inside of you. And the first area the first area of forgiveness that I want you to think through is this. I want you to forgive yourself. I want you to forgive yourself. Maybe it's failures that you've had and you've well you've done them constantly. You may feel like a failure because you've made promises to yourself that I'll never do this again. And sure enough you do it. And you've made that promise to yourself countless times. And maybe that failure has something to do with certain addictions or coping mechanisms that you run to when you hurt, when you have pain, when you want to feel something. And you need to forgive yourself. Maybe you've got guilt and shame that as a mom, as a dad, or a husband and wife, you're not all that you can be nor that you should be for your children. And if you were just a better father, if you were just a better mother, then maybe your kids 
wouldn't do what they were doing. And you hold on to this and it marks you and it weighs on you and it's heavy. And maybe if you were a better wife, then he wouldn't have cheated on you. And maybe if you were a better husband, you would have been able to provide for your wife. Whatever that false narrative is that you have going on inside of your heart and soul, it's heavy, it weighs on you. And you need to forgive yourself. The second area, and I believe this applies to all of us, is this. We have to forgive others. And you may have something and someone that immediately jumps into your brain, but I want to read off a couple examples. Maybe there's more than one person. Maybe there's more than one offense. Maybe it's the limiting beliefs that authority figures have placed on you. So you'll never be the type of leader in the business that's worth following. Um, you're, you're never... <laughs> You're never going to be wise with your finances. You'll never be a good husband because your father was never a good husband. Maybe it's some sort of abuse, physical, emotional, sexual, or mental abuse of any kind. Somebody did something to you and took something from you. And it has marked you and you have carried it. I said earlier there were issues in the marriage and maybe there's some infidelity and and maybe maybe it's with your current spouse or maybe it's with your ex and you have not you can't let it go you've tried and you've tried and you tried and you try so hard but you can't let it go maybe it's your co-workers they keep taking credit for what you've done your ideas and they receive the promotion but you don't Maybe you have bitterness towards your spouse. You wish that she was more like this or he would do more of this. Maybe it's unmet expectations. Maybe it's the relationship from parent to child. See, maybe maybe your kids are, are doing something to you. They know what buttons to push. They know where it's tender. They know where to get you most. And when there's when an argument breaks out, your kids lash out and they know exactly what topics to hit. Maybe it's the other way around. The third area is this. Forgiving God. And it it might sound weird, but maybe you've had this thought. As I was going through the list of forgiving others, maybe for you, maybe the abuse that happened, the, the adultery that happened... Maybe in that situation, you had the thought that, man, if God was all powerful, all knowing and could see everything, God chose to do nothing. It's as if you feel like God just sat there and watched the whole thing happen. And maybe for you, maybe for you, today is the day that you have to go and forgive God for apparently doing nothing and watching it happen. Maybe you've been holding on to resentment. Maybe it's the thing that's kept you out of church for years. And the only thing that's brought you back is the whole world turning upside down with this whole coronavirus. And maybe you, today, have to forgive Jesus. Okay, open your eyes and look at me for a second. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And we're going to wrap up our service by singing a song. But before we pray, what I'd like you to do is I want everybody to reach out their hand and make a fist. And close it. This is going to represent the rock 
that thing that you have placed in your backpack and you've been carrying for so long and it is weighing you down and it has marked you. It is a part of your identity. And maybe it's that thing that you need to forgive of yourself. Maybe it's, it's what happened between you and another person. Or maybe it's just the fact that you need to go and forgive God. Whatever that is, it could be all three. I want you to hold out your fist. And in a moment, we're going to release this. And we're going to lay it at the feet of Jesus. And ask him to handle it. So would you bow your head with me as we come before the Lord? Jesus, we pray. Lord, I pray for everybody that has tried and tried and tried to forgive and has been unable to do it. For those that are keeping score of how many times they've been wronged. Father, we hold our fists out. And in our fists, we hold our burdens, our scars, our wounds, the things that have marked us profoundly, Father. We hold them out. And Lord, we ask for your supernatural strength. We ask for the ability to truly forgive. And Father, as we open our hands, as we release that, would we trust you that you will be here for us? And Father, this prayer may be one that we need to pray on a daily basis. But God, would you give us the strength to forgive and to forgive again and again and again and again. Lord, would we be a people that do not harbor bitterness in our souls? But Lord, would we forgive people the way that you have forgiven us and may we always do it. And Lord, may we walk in the grace, in the truth and in the freedom that you give us. Lord, may we walk in that. And may Jesus show us how. Help us, Father. We lay these things at your feet. And as a church community who's in this thing together, we all said, amen. Like I said, some of you may need to pray that prayer over and over again. And I want to encourage you during this next song to simply ask Jesus for the strength to release it to forgive yourself, the other person, or to forgive God. Now let's join in worship for one last song.